0: Hey, welcome to the Holden Mathis Podcast. Today, Pastor Dave will continue his series entitled I Am, and this will be part in a seven-part series. You'll be continuing in the Book of John today. Afterwards, check out the rest of our website with lots of information on it about stuff like our pie auction coming up and game day and just general information about the church and how you can become part of it. Speaking of... It's been a long time since you've been to church, or you're just looking for a church. Stop by Houghton Baptist. We'd love to have you there. You can come as you are. We do. In the meantime, enjoy the podcast and have a great day.
1: Good morning. For the second time, right? This time we're going to dismiss our little ones for Junior Church. Leaders are in back. If you're new here this morning, they'll take them downstairs. And we, got a, we finished a, na- a nice new space for them down in our new fellowship hall. They had 24 kids in their children's church last week, which is uh, phenomenal. So we needed more space for them. And we need more space for us. And God's doing all these great things. And it's awesome to be part of it. I love that we can come here and be ourselves. Right? Are you yourself when you come here? Right? We don't have to put on any show or be something we're not. We just come as we are, and we engage God, and we worship, worship Him at the, the place we are spiritually. And uh, no one expects anything more than that, and nor does God, because He wants to meet you this morning. So let's pray and ask that uh, He would speak to us and uh, encourage us. How many need encouraged this morning, right? Need lifted up, built up. We've had a rough week. Anybody had a rough week? Right? How many would have just liked to stay in bed this morning? (laughs) That alarm went off, and I was like, and I love being here and being with you all, and this is great, but that was comfortable this morning, so we've got something here for you. God has something special. Let's, Let's pray and ask that he would help us engage him, because we need his spirit to speak to us. Father God, you are the reason why we're here. We say that all the time. We hear it in church, and oftentimes it's just not the truth. Sometimes... We come for ourselves. Sometimes we come in the midst of our brokenness and, and messiness, and, and uh, Lord, you just want to speak to us and, and encourage us in the faith, and uh, as we look at the text today, God, I pray that you would open hearts and minds to receive your word, Lord, that it wouldn't be just another routine Sunday or message or service, but God, that we would reconnect with you or maybe for the first time connect with you and see who you are and and um, God, we just pray that your Holy Spirit speak mightily through us. And Lord, we, we pray for those that can't be here. We've, we've had uh, death in, in the family, and Lord, there's people traveling, so we pray that you would cover them. And we have others that have been ill that haven't been able to be here. God, would you just minister to them in their time of need? And our friends and family that are going through trials, God, cover them this morning. And I pray that you would use us, the church, to to be the light and to encourage and And love on them. So I pray that you would help us this morning as we get into your word. And we expect, God, mighty things from you. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let let me start off by asking you a question. Just one question. Because to fully understand today's I am statement, we have to understand the the context of it. Which means we, we have to be able to identify with this statement. So here it is. What's the worst thing you've ever experienced in your life? Miss again. What's the worst thing? Maybe you already know and you can think of it. Maybe you're going through the worst thing today. What's the worst thing you've ever experienced in your life? That dark space. Maybe you were bullied as a kid or abused as a child, or, or maybe someone close to you passed and, and you never quite recovered because of the grief and the sorrow, maybe you lost a job that you loved and defined you, and uh, whatever it is, these things can blind us to what God has for us, because we, we carry the baggage and the sorrow and the pain with us, no matter what we try to do. Life has a way of, of putting us in spots of great difficulty, does it not? Amen. Which then leads to what? Desperation. Times of desperation. Maybe you're here this morning just fighting and clawing your way out of something super difficult. Today we're going to look at the fifth I am statement. Everybody say I am. am. Jesus says this, I am the resurrection and the life. There's power in that, is there not? I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, even if he dies, even if he dies, what does it say? We'll live. We'll live. There's great hope in in this statement. We're we're constantly looking for a way out of trouble. Are we not? Looking for ways to comfort us and and move us, sometimes even numb, numb the pain. Have you ever wanted to numb the pain that you've gone through? Just be be numb to it. Today's I Am statement is life. It it offers hope in in times of of crisis. My, My goal for us today, and it's a simple one, maybe it's easier said than done, is to move us from despair and sorrow and grief and difficulty and trials all of the mess in life to, to trusting that, that God, of this universe, sustainer of life, has something greater planned for you and I. Amen? That was weak. Amen? Amen. I know it's dark and gloomy, but respond. God is always at work. In the midst of uncertainty and trials and suffering. Jeremiah 29.11 says this, and we know this. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Right? For I know, listen to the confidence that God has. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you. Not to harm you. Plans to give you hope. Hope. Everybody say hope and a future. Turn with me to John chapter 11. That's where we're going to be this morning. John chapter 11. John chapter 11, verse 17 through 26. If you don't have your Bible, there are Bibles in the front of your seat. And if you don't have a Bible, you can take that Bible home with you. That's our gift to you. Feel free, feel free to use your smartphone and tablet or follow along in the overhead. We want you to be in God's Word. It's important we're in The word, John chapter 11, verse 17 through 26. It says, When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away. Many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them about their brother. As soon as Martha heard that that Jesus was coming or Jesus was near, she went to meet him. I just love that. But Mary remained seated in the house. Then Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Yet even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Your brother will rise again. Isn't that powerful? Picture this moment. Picture the grief, the trial that they're facing. Jesus says, your brother will rise again. And Martha said, I I know that he'll rise again in the resurrection of the last days. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, even if he dies, will live. Everyone who lives and believes in me will never die ever. Do you believe this? This is the question that he posed to Martha. Do you believe this? And she says, I believe you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who was to come into the world. What a powerful text. It says that when Jesus arrived, I wonder how many this morning are just waiting for Jesus to just show up. It says that when Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the the tomb four days. Everybody say four days. You're going to work this morning. That's a kind of a a long time to not be breathing. Amen? (laughs) Four days without a breath. And what you may or may not know, depending on your knowledge of the text, is that Jesus Christ received word just days before that Lazarus was dying. Whatever he had, we're not told in the Scriptures, whatever he had made him so sick that it was now taking his life. In fact, when they told him, they they didn't even use his name. They said, the one that you love is dying. Come quickly. Maybe slightly manipulative of Jesus' humanity and emotions. Aren't we guilty of that at times? God, the one that you love is, is sick and hurting. Maybe you've prayed for me this week and you've said that very thing. Your, your servant, a man of God, bring healing. Don't we say those things in times of suffering, as though what we do and our role and our status means something, right? Like God will respond quicker if we throw in the title in our <laughs> position. The one you love, your servant, come quickly. So this family, they were experiencing crisis, were they not? They were fighting and, and clawing their way out of this hole, and, and they were looking for answers, they were looking for hope, and and Jesus took his sweet old time. Can I say that about Jesus? I mean, I love Jesus, right? But he took his sweet old time in, in getting there to the scene. We all know what that's like. To wait on God. Maybe you're here today and you are just waiting. That's never a comfortable place to be. To just wait. I'm the most impatient person there is. Trust me, ask Jillian just to wait. I don't want to wait in the car. (laughs) I don't want to wait in the house. I want to go, 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 right? Are you like that? And yet sometimes God puts us in positions to just wait on him. Times where Jesus doesn't quite show up when we need him to. Times where he keeps us waiting and hoping and and sometimes panicking, amen? Do you panic? Panic in the midst of crisis and trials. And and Jesus, the rock, seems to be nowhere to be found. Am I lying? Or am I speaking truth? Everybody say it's truth." truth. Say it again it's truth. Have you ever felt like this before? Yes. As though God can't respond quick enough, like, He doesn't have anything else on His plate to do, but to respond to us. As though He's forgotten. In times of need and desperation and, and hurts, we, we want to be the priority. We just, we just do. That's human nature, that's... Humanity, that's who we are, and, and, and oftentimes we're just not, we're not the priority or the focus. And that doesn't mean Jesus doesn't care about you or that he's forgotten about you and your trial and your situation, but he has other plans, other plans and mind, bigger, I know we don't see it that way when we're hurting, but bigger things are at stake than the trial and the suffering that you're going through. It says, when he heard that Lazarus was sick, and I just love this part, he said, this sickness will not end in death, but it's for the glory of God. There's power in that. His disciples probably thinking, are you crazy? Have you lost it? Your friend is dying he says this, this sickness will not end in death but it's for the glory of god so that the son of god jesus christ may be glorified through it here's the thing mary and martha had had no clue what was going to happen to their their brother they didn't have the privilege that we do in reading the text we know the end result do we not We know the story. Most of us understand what's going to happen. But Mary and Martha, in that moment, in that crisis, were legitimately hurting and grieving and panicking, and they were in the dark. Has God kept you in the dark at times? Like you have just no idea what God is doing. You're seeking Him. You're praying. You're reading your Bible. You're doing Bible studies. You're going to church, and yet it's still dark. Like I'm doing all the right things and he just keeps you in that season? Jesus spoke with such confidence. He spoke with confidence and boldness about their situation, about their trial, just two miles away. Would you imagine? is this sound absurd? Two miles away. We go through such hard Things in life so we can identify and relate to Mary and Martha and and their situation, can't we? Can you identify with them in their grief? There are days for me of late that I am truly suffering. I'm just going to be transparent with you. I mean, I'm suffering. I'm not just having a bad day, but I am physically suffering. I have been for months, and it's dark. Can I just tell you that right now? It's dark. It's lonely. It's so, I, I have my wife. I have you all. I have my kids. But it's lonely. And I, and I tell you that so you can relate and identify because some of you are going through a season of just darkness. Oftentimes for me, there's, there's no relief. It, it keeps me up most nights, which is fun. <laughs> I like to sleep, don't you? Nothing helps. Nothing helps. And the desperation that I feel in those moments are as real as they get. And you think, no one knows, no one understands what I'm going through. How many here this morning have felt like that? May not be physical pain. Maybe it's separation, maybe it's divorce, maybe it's an addiction, maybe there's brokenness in your home. Maybe you haven't talked to a child that you love in a long time. Maybe there's just separation. No one knows what I'm going through. We feel so isolated, do we not? Mary and Martha were in a dark place and they had no other options. That's a good place to be, amen? Amen. They had to rely on Jesus. They just had to. Their brother was dying. They had to rely on Jesus, the resurrection, and the life. I wonder how many of us this morning are going through things right now as as bad as they are, as, as painful as they are, as difficult and ugly. Is your life sometimes just ugly? Amen? Just a mess. You try to just like shove all the, the messiness and ugliness into the closet and shut the door. You just want to appear put together. And Jesus says this sickness, this pain, this suffering, this trial that you're going through will not end in death, but it's for the glory. Amen? For the glory of God. Shouldn't this change our perspective a little bit on suffering? But, Pastor, it only changes the end result, the outcome. Sometimes, everybody say sometimes, Sometimes. the end result is all we have to look forward to. That's the truth. That's it. Mary and Martha were trying to keep their brother from from dying. Have you ever watched someone take their last breath? It's horrible. You are completely helpless over death. The gasping, I don't mean to be gruesome this morning, but we've experienced that. We've seen that the gasping, the, the color and the warmth of their body, it leaves them, it's empty and it's dark. This is what they were experiencing as a family. This was the crisis. And yet, the bigger picture, as bad as that is and sounds, the bigger picture was at stake. The sickness and the death was there to set the stage for God in His eternal glory. Whew, powerful. The reality is, and I, and I hate to say it because I'm going through all of this mess myself, our trials and difficulty, as bad as they are at times, can never trump the glory of God. Ever. <laughs> Ever! Like we, we want the priority and our trials to be center stage, but they can never trump the glory and the majesty and the greatness of of God. They must be secondary. They have. You want to survive this life? They must be secondary to God's glory. The pain and the heartache that we endure in this life can never overshadow the bigger picture. God was at work. It may not seem that way, but He was. That's why Jesus didn't, didn't rush to get there. No matter what we face, we have to remember God. Is always at work. He, he doesn't take days off. He, he doesn't get the weekends off. You know? He's always at work. He never stops. He never quits. Even when we can't see it or feel it or wait a second longer, he's at work in your life. Verse 19 says Many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to com- uh, comfort them about their brother. They had come to wish them condolences and such, and their house was, was full. They rallied behind them. It was a dark scene. We've all experienced a wake and funeral of such, and family comes, and they, they bring those amazing casseroles. Like there's a silver lining in death. Amen? Amen? Maybe not. I don't even care for casseroles. I don't know why I said that. It says, when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she ran out to meet him. But Mary stayed seated in the house. It's so easy for us to read this text and go right to the miracle and right to the resurrection of life and we miss the scene, what happens. Martha moved with expectancy and urgency. Mary sat defeated and helpless. I'm going to say that again in case you were sleeping. Or checking Facebook or Twitter. This is what it says. Martha moved with expectancy and urgency in her situation, but Mary sat defeated and helpless. There's a difference, is there not? When when life happens and it will, we're either running towards the presence of God, or we're sitting, wallowing, discouraged, Helpless, broken, in defeat. Which are you? What's been your cycle? What's been your routine? When I suffer great difficulty, times of hardships and sorrow, I want to head towards the cross. I want to head towards calvary i want to head towards his presence and his glory i want to head towards his mercies and his will and his plan towards the resurrection and the life not sitting alone in defeat amen that was the weakest amen ever amen Amen. we don't want to stay there do we not a good place to be. We want to move towards him. Think about it. Jesus was now there. This is what they had hoped for. This is why they sent the message. This is why they recruited Jesus. Jesus was now there, and Mary didn't have it in her to go to him. And I get that. I I understand that I've been there. I think we've all been there. But Martha ran out the door as fast as she could to engage God about her trial, about her situation, to speak to her Savior and just get before God. Can I encourage you this morning? You better get before God. Amen? You have to get before Him. Whatever that looks for you, we just stuff it, don't we? We bury it. We carry it. We have to get before God. We must stop hesitating and, and delaying to, to run into the presence of a loving, caring, gracious, understanding God. Amen? That didn't even get an amen. I don't know what else I got to say up here, but. <laughs> when life hurts the, the enemy, we have an adversary, do we not? He wants us to keep us alone. And separated and and isolated and and hurting and and broken. The first thing that comes out of her mouth, and I just love her honesty and her boldness Lord, if you had been here. Right? Jesus was now on his way. He he loved his family. And and Martha says, Lord, if if you had been here, my, my brother wouldn't have died, he'd still be alive. You could have prevented this. I think it's the hardest thing we deal with as we go through trials and suffering because we know that our great God is fully able and capable to change the outcome, to change the situation. And yet we wait, and we wait, and we wait. Amen. I'll amen you. Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. And it's not like Jesus wasn't completely broken over the situation. Remember what it says? Jesus, what? He wept. There was grief and sorrow. He was experiencing this death himself. He too had had lost someone special. And Martha took the opportunity to burn him (laughs) on the spot. Let me just say this while we're on the topic. I had a little experience with this this past week. I don't think we ever offend God by expressing our humanity in moments of weakness. I just don't think we can. He's, he's big enough. <laughs> Everybody say, he's big enough. he's big enough. He gets it. He lived it. He can handle it. So, so speak boldly and honestly to God. Because he already knows all the grief. He knows all the junk that you're saying and thinking anyways, behind closed doors. Out with it. (laughs) Speak your mind. He's big enough. Martha moves from disappointment and fear and anger to faith. That's what we want to get to. We want to be moving in that direction. Maybe today's the starting point that you would, you would move away from all of that junk and disparity and issues and we just start believing that God has something greater in store for us. Bigger plans to use us. And not just for, for us so that we feel better and we have a better life, but for His eternal glory. The songs we sang this morning, how fitting For his glory, that we may bring glory and honor to Jesus through our trials and our circumstances. Even now I know, this is Martha's words to Jesus, even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Her brother laid dead in a tomb. She watched him take his his last breath and now stands in faith, believing that Jesus Christ had the power to change the outcome. What faith. What trust. Her brother hadn't taken a breath in how many days? You guys are listening. Four days. Yet she still believed. This is what I want you to see. Jesus looked at her and he said this, your brother will rise again. I bet in that moment all the sorrow, fear, and grief just washed away. Your your brother, Lazarus, will rise again. Today, being the Son of God, I will have power and victory over death. What an awesome moment. Jesus Christ wasn't late, was He? Jesus wasn't dismissive of of their crisis and their trial, of their pain and, and their suffering. Jesus hadn't forgot about them. They were family. They were special. They were important. He just altered the ending. Amen? Death wasn't the plan. Everybody say, death wasn't the plan. You did that well. I'm glad we didn't have to repeat that. Death wasn't the plan. Sorrow and sadness wasn't his intention. God uses everything in his arsenal to open our eyes and hearts towards him. Everything and anything. Martha said, I know he'll rise again in the last days and... That's not what Jesus had in mind for their family. In a matter of a few moments, he would bring Lazarus back to life. This was the third resurrection that he had performed. Today, I am the resurrection and life. The one who believes in me, even if he dies, notice that part, will live. What a great way to showcase His power and control over death. Friends, not too much longer after this event, Jesus would be put to death to pay the penalty of our sin. Amen? Amen. To die as a, as a living sacrifice for sinful men. Us. You and I. And they would believe in His death, and His resurrection, because He already demonstrated His power. His might and his ability. Just months before with Lazarus. Raising him from the grave. Don't forget in the story that Mary and Martha's house was what? Let me say it. Full. Full of people. They would witness this miracle and this power. Witness this resurrection of the dead. Would you imagine being at the tomb? You're grieving and there's sorrow and and Jesus just steps in front of the tomb and he calls out his friend back from the dead. And Lazarus just kind of strolls out. Would you imagine? I bet people were just in awe. What power! The crisis had meaning. All the junk that you're going through, church, your crisis has meaning. You have to believe that and accept it. This crisis had had meaning. The, their grief and suffering—it had purpose. They suffered for naught. I never, I never want to go through this life and endure all of the stuff. That I've gone through and will go through for nothing. But it better be for the glory of God. Or if I've wasted my time, my life, my energy, and my breath. That we would live like that. I do not waste the trials and the suffering. But let it bring honor and glory to Christ. Today's I Am statement, the resurrection of the life, points to life after death. I just took you the long way around. Amen? We needed a sermon. 35 minutes. Listen to what he says. And we'll be done. The one who believes in me, even if he dies, will live. He's talking about the afterlife. He's talking about our great need for salvation. It's simple. If you're here this morning you haven't given your life to Jesus... If you haven't made that profession of faith. We just put our faith and trust in Jesus. Amen? Meaning that we believe He died and rose again with our salvation, our redemption and rescue in mind, and, and we confess that we are sinners in need of grace. That's it. Then we too will live after we die. God made the gospel so incredibly simple. Did he not? Verse 26. Everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Ever. And Jesus says, do you believe this? Do you believe this? And Martha's response, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I believe You are the Messiah, the Son of God. Let's pray. Father, we're so thankful that we can be here. Lord, in this moment, as we sing our last song, I pray that you would overcome us with your mercy and your grace. I pray that you'd help propel us to growth and maturity. I pray that you would minister and comfort us and empower us to to grow and to live, to produce your glory and your praise. We pray for the broken. We pray for the hurting. We we pray for those that are physically suffering. I pray for myself, oh God, that we just bring you these needs. Love us, build us up. Heal us if it be your will. But most of all, Use us, our church, your people, for your glory. We love you and praise you in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Would you stand at this time?
0: Hey, thanks for listening to the Houghton Baptist Podcast. We appreciate your support. And speaking of support, there's a lot of different ways you can support Houghton Baptist in addition to the traditional way of giving your tithe or check at church. We have online giving on our website at houghtonbaptist.org. And we also have text giving. If you're interested in text giving, just dial 906-346-1317 and follow the information from there. Easy peasy. If you're looking for a church or you're just not sure what church is all about, why don't you stop by Houghton Baptist Sunday morning, 10 a.m. Be there. Come as you are. We do. Have a great day.